now, it's time for the Tim Donnelly Show on the talk of the New River Valley. 1017, 1035, and 1460 WRAD. Welcome into the Tim Donnelly Show. Good morning, everybody. This is the WRAD Radio Network, 101.7, 103.5, and 1460 AM. It is a, a very, very early Friday morning. Uh, congratulations, everybody. You have made it through the week to Friday. If you're anything like me, the hardest part of your day is just the first three minutes after you get out of bed uh, before you splash some water on your face and get get ready to attack the day. So you've made it that far if you've tuned into the Tim Donnelly Show, and we appreciate you for starting your Friday with us here on uh, on the WRAD radio network. I mean, you may already still be in the bed. Like, you may have just set your alarm. Do you ever set your alarm for the, just the radio? Because I've I've done that before. No, I'm I always have, afraid I'm going to sleep through the music. I am 100% an individual that if, if music plays or if, if a voice comes on, there's no way I'm waking up. Absolutely no way uh, I, I'm waking up. I need a piercing alarm buzzer sound. If I'm going to get up and matter of fact, we'll actually tell a story um, about me uh, waking up really early today uh, following Got You Covered. But but looks like Lobro's having a, a hard time finding our Got You Covered segment. Um, it's lost in the void. All right. So uh, so um, here's what's going on, everybody. Uh, the Got You Covered segment that we're getting ready to play, if, if Lobro can find it, is one that simply gets you ready, gets you prepared for everything going on in the sports world today. We know that Friday is a big social, socializing day where you're probably planning to see some friends, maybe a happy hour. Uh, maybe there's going to be more time spent chilling at the water cooler than doing work today. If there is a sports conversation, we want to make sure you have uh, the basis to participate in the conversation, but also uh, a nugget or two that you can throw in. So you don't have to cite me on any of this. No bibliography is necessary. You can claim all of these thoughts as your own. That's it's got you covered. No one has time to catch all the games. Don't worry. Tim will get you covered. And the news of the day is the same as the news of yesterday. Coach Fuente staying in Blacksburg. Entertain the thought of Baylor at least. That's what we know. There were conversations, but he decided that uh, Virginia Tech is best for him. Now, we don't know the details. We don't know if his decision that Virginia Tech is best for him is because Baylor never offered him any other options or if Baylor offered him other options that weren't up to his snuff or if they offered him everything in his wildest dreams and he still believed that Virginia Tech was the place for him. Now, we don't know that, but what we do know is that it looks like it's going to be back to business as usual for the Hokies and the Hokie football program as unfulfilling as that is. We will not get to hear from coach Fuente at least at the prior at the the current time we did hear from Whit Babcock the athletic director he answered question answered questions in a way that you would expect mitigating the the surprise mitigating the concern and simply saying that coach Fuente wanted to get back to work one little tidbit of information that Whit Babcock did slip into his press conference is that coach Fuente has had other opportunities to make bigger money that he has turned down in the past and that his loyalty isn't as widely recognized as maybe it should be. Here's what I have to say to that. What we don't know, you have 
to tell us. If you want us to think he's loyal, you have to tell us why he's loyal. If you want us to think he's somehow virtuous for staying at Virginia Tech, you have to explain why it's virtuous for him to stay at Virginia Tech. Fans are not mind readers. If they don't know, you have to tell them. If they're not talking about what you want them to be talking about, you have to tell them. The other big news of the weekend, there's some uh, NFL football games this weekend. couple of conference championships. Titans at Chiefs, Packers at 49ers will start in the AFC. Titans at Chiefs. Here's my question. It's real simple. Who is more under the spotlight? The Titans secondary that is going to have to step in and try to stop Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and McCole Hardman and Robinson and all of the other pass catchers that the Chiefs have or the Chiefs front seven on defense that has to get into a phone booth with Derrick Henry and all of the muscles on top of muscles on top of muscles that he has, and they're going to try to stop him. Who's under more scrutiny? Who's more under the spotlight? The Titans secondary or the Chiefs front seven? Whichever one of those two groups shows up and plays the best this weekend, that team will likely be the team that makes it out of the playoffs and into the Super Bowl. Packers at 49ers on the other side in the NFC. Here's the question for that one. Would you rather have inexperienced playoff players like the 49ers? Remember, they've been to the playoffs in a while, weren't very good last year, and then went 13-3 and this year. Or would you rather have a coach who is severely inexperienced like the Packers have in Matt LaFleur in his first uh, season as a head coach in the NFL? Those are the two options. Either you have players that haven't been to the playoffs or you have a coach that hasn't been to the playoffs. Which would you rather have? I think it could very well come down to which of those two groups is able to uh, find a way to play like a little bit more of a veteran. Also taking place this weekend, and this is the very first time we've mentioned it this entire week, this entire month, this entire year, Conor McGregor is stepping back into the UFC ring. I have one question. Why is there a double standard in sports in in everything else, every football, basketball, baseball, soccer, track, Olympian, every, every single other athlete we hold to a certain standard, we don't do it for fighters. The double standard is simple. Fighters, we don't care about concussions. Football players have a independent neurologist looking at every play for concussions. Fighters uh, can fight with two open uh, sexual assault allegations like Conor McGregor has right now in Ireland. Fighters can use their legal transgressions and marketing material. Two of Conor McGregor's uh, arrests, one for punching an old man, one for throwing a dolly at a bus, were used in a preview show by the UFC to promote his fight. Why are we okay with that with fighters but not with other athletes? We need to look at ourselves. And lastly, Hokie fans, get ready for a big basketball game uh, tomorrow. That's Saturday. Hokies take on Syracuse. You may remember that the Hokies beat Syracuse recently up in upstate New York. They traveled all the way up there to the land of the cold and came back with a win largely because of a tremendous second half that they played. I would worry them on this. Don't depend on the tremendous second half. Start better if you can. Play Jalen Cohn, play Landers Nolly. Let them shoot Syracuse out of that 2-3 zone. You have shooters, let them shoot, because that's what shooters are going to do. That is Got You Covered here on the Tim Donnelly Show, uh, bright and early on a Friday morning. Speaking of bright and early on a Friday morning, I have a bone to pick with a a gentleman that I saw in the drive-in. Uh-oh. So it's Friday, right? This is our second week of, of waking up and, and doing the morning show. So we're, this is our fifth day going six to nine. 
I'm still not quite fully accustomed to to the going to bed early and the being ready to roll. I, I my alarm clock goes off at 3:20. Um, so driving in today, right? It's a Friday, last day of the week. I'm like, you know, I'm gonna stop get some caffeine. So I stop at a store. Uh, I'm not gonna say the name of the store because this might paint some of its clientele in a less than uh, favorable light. But just you can imagine what kind of stores are are open at 3:45 in the morning between 3.30 and 3.45 when I was driving in. So I, I park the car, I get out, I'm walking in, and there's a, a gentleman standing outside in a, I, I, to use a low-bro term, a light jacket. Okay. My car told me it was 26 degrees outside when I got out of the car. He's practically in a windbreaker, wow. look, looking comfortable, right? There, he was not affected by the cold. Man. So I'm walking in and there's like a brief moment of that quick little ice. I like, you know, your, your eyes are scanning the situation and we made eye contact for a second. Then we both look away. I go in, I get the stuff I'm looking for. I'm walking out. I leave through the same doors and this time there's no eye contact, right? Because I'm kind of looking in the same direction. He is, he's standing outside the door facing the parking lot. So I just walk right by him. Right. And there's no reason for me to say, hi, we don't know each other. Not going to give him a morning hug. Nothing to good, nothing to do there. And I hear him say, hey. And I went, kind of, my head snapped around, you know, when someone yells, hey, it's what happens. He goes, you look like this is the first time you've been up this early. What kind of move is that? Who just stops someone random walking into a store and says, you look exhausted, guy. You look terrible. Well, for one, it's like four in the morning, right? It, it was it was between three thirty and three forty five. It was like three thirty eight. Is anyone looking that great? That he said time, it that looks like it was the first time you've been up this early. I did not prompt this man to say anything, and he is standing in twenty six degree weather in a light jacket, talking to me like I look like I'm confused. <laughs> to be completely honest, sir, I have some questions for you. I have, I have some things that I would like you to uh, clarify before we start talking about the bags under my eyes at 3.38 in the morning. Anyone that, that knows me over the last two weeks, I have worked tirelessly to make sure I have reckless energy from 6 to 9 in the morning to make sure that I can wake you guys up with, with the proper amount of, of exuberance in the morning that you deserve as your shot of life on your way to work in the car or when you're making your waffles. I do not work tirelessly to make sure at 3.38 that I'm looking chipper from the neck up on the only part of my body that he could see outside of my jeans and my jacket. So to that extremely cold but unfazed individual outside of the store between 3.30 and 3.45, I have to say, it was not my first time up that early, but I probably look rough at that time every single day. Not not the 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 shot of life I needed to start my day either. Not the uh, not <laughs> it's not the best to start your day with. Hey, you look rough, especially when you got a decent night's sleep last night like I did. Uh, we have a caller on the Baker Team Hotline. Uh, looks like we're going to start the show with a bit of a caller here. So let's go ahead and take that. Uh, who do we have, Lebron? Um, the gentleman who says that he saw you at a uh, drive-in this morning. At, no, I'm just kidding. It's oh. Fred. Okay, I was going to say I wasn't at a drive-in. Uh, the whatever it is, <laughs> whatever, wherever you went, it's Fred, Fred, uh, Fred, the Beatle guy in the Baker team hotline. What's going on, my man? 
Do we have him? What's going on, Fred? Oh. Yeah. Hey, good morning, Tim and Lobro. Uh, just wondered, uh, the gentleman in the uh, in the convenience store mm-hmm. uh, uh, was—I uh, can't even think what I was going to ask. Uh, did he was he hateful or honorary about it? Uh, it was. That? It was one sentence. To be honest with you, I didn't. I didn't get the. All I did was look back at him and nod. So I didn't get the uh, the full effect of if he was trying to be mean or if he was just trying, oh, okay. like, if he well, thought he was being uh, honest. And uh, you, you were. Totally not expecting it, but uh, my return would have been, are you from Alaska? You know, <laughs> have a windbreaker on. But uh, I wanted to give you and um, Lobro a little tip I found out about a year or so ago. Uh, a good thing to get you up and ready in the morning, uh, they have chocolate-covered coffee beans hmm. in a place here in Blacksburg. So you just pop a couple of those in the, the yabber and chew on them, and that gives you a little rush. All so, right. I'm willing you know, to try anything. Suggestion. And uh, obviously, go Acme Packers this weekend. Woo! All right. Appreciate it, Fred. Good morning. Uh, that's Fred, the Beatle guy on the, the Baker team hotline. We appreciate him for calling in. Uh, he's a Packers fan. He's a Packers owner, actually, we know from previous calls. So Wow. I, wow, I forgot about that. So, uh, I mean, he's they're, you know the Packers are owned by their fans, which is kind of cool, and, and, and he, he is one of them. Uh, matter of fact, speaking of the Packers, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll dive into – uh, first, the Titans-Chiefs, but then we will also get to the Packers 49ers. Big football games this weekend. Stick around. WRAD streaming live worldwide on the TuneIn app. More of the Tim Donnelly Show next on WRAD. Welcome back. Tim Donnelly Show, talk of the New River Valley, WRAD, 101.7, 103.5, and 1460 a.m., Right here inside the NRV. Uh, we're inside the Makadu studio as well. Guests and callers, join us on the Baker team hotline, 540-639-4900. That's 540-639-4900. Just learned during the commercial break, Lobro's never watched I Love Lucy. Okay, I oh, okay. hold on. I said I don't watch it. It doesn't mean I've never seen it. Oh, you can at least... you can at- Name a character outside of Lucy. Oh. Ethel? Is Ethel a character? Because isn't there like an episode where they're like at a chocolate factory and they're like throwing like chocolates and stuff trying to or like they're trying to keep the chocolates moving and that stuff? Might, that might, to be completely honest, that might be the worst description of one of the most famous comedy s- scenes of all in the history of the world. I mean, to be, it's... There's a conveyor belt and they get behind on the conveyor belt. So do, instead of doing what they were supposed to be doing, they start eating them and stuffing them in their yeah, shirt and trying to hide them and their mouths are full. It is... Pure comedy. Yeah. And I remember I remember not something with chocolates. I remember my family, I think, has like an like an old like vintage Barbie doll of like one of the scenes. It's pretty cool. It's like Lucy dressed up in the fact chocolate factory mm-hmm. worker outfit. It's pretty awesome. But uh yeah, I not you can at least forgive me for that because that's like from the fifties, right? Like I know it's like famous, but it's like When it's do not you like think I was born? Here we go. Do you think I was born in the 50s? No. Do you think I was catching primetime live new released Lucy's? No. I never said you were that old. I'm just saying, you could you at least cut me a little slack for that one? At least it's not like, like okay, I know like Goodwill Hunting or something like that. Goodwill Hunting to, came out before like, you were I, born. Like I claim to be a movie guy, but like, you know. Goodwill Hunting came out in 97. I don't claim to be like a vintage TV guy. So you could at least cut me slack. It's there. Lucy. It's Americana. All right, let's let, let's talk about other Americana like the NFL. NFL Conference Championships taking place this weekend. Titans at Chiefs. Um, I, I asked this question during the the Gotcha Covered segment. 
Um, who is more under the spotlight, the Titans secondary or the Chiefs front seven? And it's um, it's real, right? Because if you look at what the Titans have done, um, the Titans have given the ball to Derrick Henry 30-plus times a game and told other teams, either you can stop Derrick Henry or we will win. And that's how they've beaten New England. That's how they've beaten Harbaugh, right? They, they've not beaten teams that that – stink, right? They've beaten good teams by saying either you're going to find a way to stop our 235-pound, six-foot-three-inch wrecking ball, or that wrecking ball is going to win the game for us. So the Chiefs are going to get that same task, right? The Titans are going to look at him and say, listen, Chiefs, you're either going to stop this guy or this guy is going to take us to the Super Bowl. On the flip side, if you look at the Chiefs, they have this guy, Patrick Mahomes. Now, he might not be a six foot three, 230-pound wrecking ball, but he's got an a absolute hose attached to his right arm. Fire hose. Strongest of its kind. And they look at teams and say, listen, we don't have to run the ball. At one point in the game last week for, for Kansas City, in the middle of their dramatic comeback against Houston, their running backs had one yard rushing, and Patrick Mahomes had 55. And he was slinging it all over the yard, throwing the ball. They tell teams, listen, you can get up by 24. You can be up 21 nothing. You can be up 24 nothing. At some point, Patrick Mahomes is going to get going, and if you don't stop Patrick Mahomes, we're going to be in the Super Bowl. So both of these teams, have, I mean, it's no secret, right? It's, it's like Virginia Tech playing against UVA or Virginia Tech playing against Kentucky. We all knew going into the game you had to stop Bryce Perkins. You had to stop Lynn Bowden Jr. They weren't able to do that. Going into Titans at Chiefs, there's no secrets. There's no mystery. To beat the Titans, you have to stop Derrick Henry. To beat the Chiefs, you have to contain Patrick Mahomes. That's it. That's what you do. That's what's up. Can you do it is the question. Can they do it? Which team will be better at stopping the punch that they know is coming? Right? I equate it to, to Mike Tyson all the time. You knew at some point he was going to come with that real compact hook. And if you didn't avoid it, block it, move it, brace for it, you'd be knocked out. Didn't matter if it was coming 10 seconds into the boxing match or in the middle of the seventh round or, or in the last round. That compact, powerful, best punch of all time hook was coming. That's Derrick Henry. That's Patrick Mahomes. And if you don't prepare for it, you will get knocked out. So this game, I'm, I'm watching, I mean, there's something to watch on each side, right? I'm watching how the Chiefs attack Derrick Henry in the running game, and I'm watching how the Titans attack Patrick Mahomes in the passing game. Do they bring pressure? Do they drop eight? Do they spy? Do they double-team Travis Kelsey? Do they have a bracket coverage so they always have someone deep on Tyreek Hill? And if they do that, what is the, the rebuttal from Patrick Mahomes? The thing is, everyone that makes it to this point in the season, Titans, Chiefs, Packers, Niners, have something that they do elite. Something that they do just about as well as any other football team on the planet. You don't make it this far just being kind of okay at a few things. There's something you do that is great. These two teams are defined by the thing they do that is great. So if you are playing against them, you have to take what they do that is great and take it away from them. And then they will panic. I promise you, they will panic. 
Titans at Chiefs, AFC Championship on the line. That's this weekend. Packers at 49ers. We'll talk about that one next. Welcome back. Tim Donnelly Show. Talk of the New River Valley, WRAD, 101.7103.5, AM, live from the Makadu studio. Guests and callers join us on the Baker team hotline, 540-639-4900. Um, I have a, a piece of news, not a piece of news, a piece, it's not even advice. I have a demand. A demand? A demand for everyone on Twitter. Okay? So this doesn't apply to me. Cool. There's a trending topic right now. Mm-hmm. Betty White. Trending topic, Betty White. I mean, Betty White's pretty cool, though. So Awesome. Yeah. But here's the thing. She is an, an elderly celebrity, right? She was born in 1922. So when I just see that Betty White is trending, my first thought is, oh, no, did she pass away? Oh. Right? Because everyone would be saying their condolences and honoring her legacy. So, so I'm like, oh, gosh, oh, gosh. I click on the trending topic. It's her birthday. Really? She's turning 98 today. Wow. Born in 1922. Happy birthday to January Betty White. January 17th. So my, my demand is simply this. If you are going to put Betty White in a trending topic, just make sure, like, have everyone write, like, happy birthday, Betty White, instead of just Betty White. So then the trend would be happy birthday, Betty White, and, I, and no one would have that moment of, oh, gosh, what happened to Betty? It probably happens every year, honestly. Probably for the last, like, 20 years. Like, she, she's great. 20 years <laughs> ago, she was 78. What? That's math. I, I can subtract 20. No, I mean, I, be, I, mean okay. I believe you. Like, that's logical, <laughs> but what? Right? It's crazy, that's, right? That's insane. She, she's 98 today. So, uh, so happy birthday to her. And be a little more cautious with your, your tweets, everybody. <laughs> Giving people, I don't know. Not heart attacks, but giving people a little little, little, little murmur. Uh, let's talk Packers at Niners. This question, again, I raised it on, on the Gotcha Covered segment, is would you rather have an inexperienced team when it comes to the playoffs or would you rather have an inexperienced playoff coach? Right? If you think about Jimmy G, he was the backup to the Patriots during some playoff runs, but he was the backup, right? Didn't play. Uh, if you think of George Kittle, never in the playoffs, you think of the talented defense outside of Richard Sherman, Pretty much never in the playoffs, right? But you have Kyle Shanahan as the head coach. He was the offensive coordinator for the Falcons when they made it all the way to the Super Bowl and actually had a 28-3 to lead in that Super Bowl with him as offensive coordinator calling the plays before the Patriots came storming back in and won that game. So it is – it is um, he has experience, right? He can learn from his failures. He can – call plays better, manage the game better, recognize the mistakes he made last time he was in this position and try not to make those mistakes again. But the team doesn't have that same luxury. The team doesn't have that same, well, this is, I got too amped up going into the game last time, so I need to make sure I, I woosah and stay calm. Or I was too calm going into the game last time, I need to let myself get jacked up when, when the fireworks go off before the game. They haven't learned that yet. And then on the flip side, for the Packers, it is the exact opposite. Aaron Rodgers has been in more playoff games than I played college football games my four-year career. Oof. Right? I mean, that's just, that's just fact. 
He's he's got a Super Bowl, right? He's been around the block a few times. Devontae Adams has been around the block a few times. Uh, Preston and Zadarius Smith for multiple teams have been around the block a few times. They they've got players that know how to get themselves ready for playoff games. But they have a coach in Matt LaFleur who is a first-time head coach. This literally is his first year as a head coach. So would you rather have a coach that can call plays that will set up inexperienced players to be in good position, or would you rather have players that can take maybe shaky play calls and say, it's okay, I got this, I've been here before. And I will go with this. I, I And I've had this argument, but I'll say it again. I always think it comes down to the players. I would much rather have players that know what they're doing, that feel good about what they're doing, that are confident in what they're doing, than have a, a coach that is a little bit more calm on the sidelines. Coaches are awesome. Coaches are great. I think coaches have value. I think play calling especially is one of the more undervalued things in football. I'm all about it, but, and there's a big but in the middle of that sentence, doesn't matter how great the play call is if your offense is running around like a chicken with their head cut off. If, if they're frazzled and they're flustered and their heart's beating a mile a minute, then, then it doesn't matter if, if the guy is wide open, you're going to overthrow him anyway. Jimmy G is still looking for his Heisman moment. We have not had him in a clutch situation with all of the season on the line, let alone a game, let alone a playoff game. Uh, we've yet to see him step up and make that throw. Last week, he, he barely threw it at all. Right, They ran it, whatever it was, 40 times. Aaron Rodgers, on the other hand, is A-Rod. He's, he's proven. Yeah. Tried and true. Tested. Been around a while. Mother approved. Like, th- th- there's a difference there. And, and if I ever get to choose between the inexperienced player and the player that has been there before, unless the talent gap is so wide, I would take, uh, to, I would take Patrick Mahomes over – uh, you know, an older quarterback who's not named Rodgers, Brady, or Breeze, right, just because his talent gap is so much uh, wider. But but that talent gap is probably in the other direction. The, 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 the older, more experienced quarterback is probably also, or I should I say I know is also the more talented quarterback in the matchup. So, so I might be tipping my hand here. We'll make our picks later, but don't be surprised if, if I'm leaning with the underdog. Niners are favored by seven and a half but they are uh, underdogs when it comes to who's playing quarterback. Let's take a break. When we come back, uh, you guys may not know this, but Baylor was looking for a new head coach, and they found theirs in Dave uh, Aranda. Stick around. He can't change the rules, but he has a microphone. Tim Donnelly is the sports dictator. More of the Tim Donnelly Show next on WRAD. Welcome back. Tim Donnelly Show. Talk of the New River Valley. I don't know if you guys heard, but uh, but uh, Baylor was looking for a coach. They had a vacancy, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know who they were, you know, considering. Probably uh, a whole bunch of guys, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Probably nothing too serious. Probably didn't affect the area too much. I mean, Baylor's all the way down there in Texas. It probably didn't cause a big Twitter uproar, you know? <laughs> Um, Baylor hired Dave Aranda, the, the LSU defensive coordinator. Um, now, now obviously that 
to us means one thing that is different than everywhere else in the country, right? Because Dave Aranda being hired means that that it's not Justin Fuente, which we learned it was not going to be him yesterday, but it's still kind of nice to see that position filled and know that there's not going to be any 11th hour shenanigans with with upped offers and and uh, you know decisions made. So Dave Aranda becomes Baylor's head coach, which I think will be a, a solid hire. I think he's a solid coach. Um, I, he's obviously done very well as the defensive coordinator at Wisconsin and and at LSU, and and he steps into Baylor. Now, um, the side effect of that is Coach O is going to be sitting at an empty gumbo table pretty soon. He's going to have 15 pounds of crawfish delivered to his table, and he's going to have no one to eat it with. Because everybody's looking at LSU going, hey, y'all have a championship. Y'all's coaching staff must be great. It is, it is the luxurious problem that comes with a national championship in one of the best college football seasons of all time. LSU has, I'm going to call it a luxurious challenge, of, of replacing Joe Brady, their passing game coordinator, Joe Burrow, their Heisman Trophy winning quarterback, Dave Aranda, their defensive coordinator, Grant Delput, their their best defensive player, first-round pick in the secondary. Justin Jefferson, maybe their most talented wide receiver. Linebacker Patrick Queen, who was a surprise stud this year. Running back Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who is their best ball carrier. Center Lloyd Cushenberry, who was the leader of that offensive line. Linebacker Jacob Phillips, who was one of the most dynamic defensive players in the country. Left tackle Sadiq Charles, who defended the, the, the back uh, the backside of Joe Burrows, and that's just what we know of right now. That's just what we know of at the moment. That's not easy, everybody. Like, here's the equivalent, right? If Virginia Tech last year, and, and I know that it's different because Virginia Tech didn't win a national championship, but just so you know, they would have to replace Brad Cornelson, Bud Foster, Hendon Hooker, Damon Hazelton, Caleb Farley, Rayshard Ashby, Deshaun McLeese, Brian Hudson, Dax Hollyfield, and Christian Derisaw to be in the same place that LSU is right now in terms of who they have to replace. Think about that, man. That's that's everything. That's everything. And you just have Coach O sitting there with a mountain of crawfish in front of him going, somebody going to eat this? All right, I'll do it myself. And then he just have to start eating. And it's the nature of college football, but it's also what makes teams like Clemson and Alabama so darn impressive. No disrespect to the Virginia Tech program, but they made it to a national championship when they had Michael Vick. Right? They had what I consider to be one of the uh, you know, top 10 quarterbacks in, in NCAA history, and they made it to a national championship. The challenge is to do it again the next year or the year after that or the year after that with someone else. And they weren't able to do that. Now they, they made it to BCS Bowl games, and they made it to top five rankings, and they made it to top 10 rankings, and it was the golden era of Virginia Tech football. But, you know, with, with the big however – they never made it back to the national championship. If you look at what Clemson has been able to do, won a national championship with Deshaun Watson, won a national championship with a different quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. If you look at what Alabama has been able to do, right? they, they did it with Jalen Hurts slash Tua. They did it with 
A.J. McCarron. They did it with all these other guys. I think Jacob Coker won one, maybe Blake Sims. Right? They, they won national championships while replacing key pieces. That's LSU's next big challenge. Right? If you, if you want to call this year's LSU team one of the greatest in college football history, that's fine. I agree. 15-0, the first SEC team to do it, uh, dominated along the way, beat seven top 10 ranked opponents, beat, beat the ACC champion, the SEC champion, the this, that, and the other, all these bowl winners that were on their schedule. They tore them all to shreds, called them one of the best single-season teams in NCAA history. However, if you want to put them alongside the USC team of the early 2000s, the Florida team of the mid-2000s, if you want to put them alongside Clemson, alongside Alabama, it can't be one year everybody leaves and the cupboard's bare and you stink. We're seeing that a bit with uh, UVA basketball, right? UVA basketball finally got over the hump last year with with the, the national championship. Ty Jerome left, Kyle Guy left. DeAndre Hunter left, and this year they're 3-3 three and three in the ACC on a three-game losing streak. It's crazy how quickly you can turn from success to meh. And it, <laughs> meh is a perfect way to describe it. And it also makes it more impressive when a team can do it year in and year out. Right? It's, it, it's more impressive. That's why the teams in the very early 90s by Duke were impressive. It's why the back-to-back national champion Florida Gators are impressive. It's why uh, there was even a Butler year where I think uh, a class made it to two Final Fours. Uh, VCU made it in a couple years. It's being able to do it when guys are replaced that gets me really excited. So LSU, like I said, there's going to be a whole new crew telling stories next year. They're going to be different individuals. They're going to be interesting individuals, and they're going to be stepping into giant shoes. Uh, I mentioned this about Coach Fuente yesterday. I think the one thing that probably makes his, the one thing that probably makes uh, Justin Fuente's job feel like a lose-lose is. No matter what he does, he's never going to be Frank Beamer. And that's the that's the weight that those expectations carry. It is. And and the further we get away from Frank Beamer, the more our minds will only remember the good stuff. Right? So imagine you're the quarterback next year at LSU. Miles Brennan w- was a uh, four-star, elite 11 quarterback. He's on the roster for LSU. If he takes over the job, he could throw – this is 100% true. He could throw for six touchdowns in one half of the college football playoff semifinal, and he'd be one worse than Joe Burrow. He could throw for five touchdowns in the national championship and win by seven, and he would be one touchdown worse and not win by as much as Joe Burrow. That is crazy. The next offensive coordinator could come into LSU and have the third best passing season in the history of college football and be two slots behind what Joe Brady did this past year. It is hard to be the guy after the guy. It is hard to be the lowercase the guy after the capitalized the guy. 
right? And it would only be amplified, I think, if Shane Beamer were to have been brought in. If, that would have been even worse. If, if you're talking back with Virginia Tech, absolutely. Right. You put yeah. the Beamer name on something, and obviously Beamer expectations are going to be there. But it also might give him a little bit more leeway. Like more forgiveness. People, people might think he has some goodwill built up just because he shared breakfast with the legend hmm. for you know 18 years growing up. I guess that makes sense too. But but when it comes to LSU, the only piece of advice I have is is you better not stink. Because everything is relative, right? Virginia Tech won eight games last year. If they win ten this year, relatively, it's a step up. Everyone will be jacked. LSU won 15 games this year. If they win 10 next year, nobody's going to be jacked. It is all relative. So my advice to you is don't stink. My advice to you is do everything you possibly can to be everything as close as, to, as you can be to what they had last year. And that goes for Dave Aranda. That goes for just, or excuse me, not Dave Aranda, Dave Aranda's replacement, whoever that may be, Joe Brady's replacement, whoever that may be, Joe Burrow's replacement, whoever that may be, Justin Jefferson's replacement, which will probably be uh, Javar Chase, Grant Delpit's replacement, Patrick Queen's replacement, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's replacement. All of these replacements are going to have a really, really tough job ahead of them. Uh, looking towards the next hour, it is obviously Hokey Hour, and that means we're going to be talking about Justin Fuente and his decision not to leave Blacksburg. Should we be praising him? Should we be worried about him? There's a lot to unpack here. Just because we we now know a little bit more than we did yesterday, it does not mean that we know everything. Stick around.